questions tonight? Sandarbhas mentioned um, that God perceives material world through uh, Jiva's senses. Could you explain it more? Well, that's kind of a uh, an, an obeyed explanation, so to speak. So we have this uh, formula, if you will, Chintya uh, Beda Beda. This is the uh, Sanskrit term for the metaphysical ground on which the uh, reality of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dances. And so there's, there's two sides. There's the bed, non-difference, and bed means, abed means non-different, and bed means different. So bed, abed. It's an interesting... Uh, idea in relation to modern philosophical thought on the nature of reality with regard to consciousness and matter. It certainly addresses that. And in the language of modern philosophy, to try to uh, explain the chintubeta beta is, is, is it's, you have to invoke a number of uh, terms to do justice to it. For example, you have dualism, you have non-dualism. Well, it's a obeyed, it's a non-dualism. It's a dualistic non-dualism. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a dualism and a non-dualism at the same time. Hmm? Um, and I should say, at the same time, it's uh, it's, a, it's it's a non-dualism in that in this worldview, matter and consciousness, individual consciousness in the form of the jiva self, hmm, are both constituent uh, parts, ingredients, powers of the overarching reality, the Godhead. Hmm? So, because they're parts of the same thing, they could be called non-dual. Hmm? You follow? Hmm? They're both shaktis. So, it's a big problem in, in uh, science and philosophy, how the, there could be, or it's thought to be a problem, how could there be a non-physical consciousness and influence in the physical uh, world because they're different. But, you know, we're getting a bigger picture. They're both parts of something that is an integrated whole, the Godhead. So, um, at the same time, um, we would be a kind of dualists in relation to the mind-body issue. I mean, mind is often conflated with consciousness in, in modern philosophy. We distinguish mind from consciousness. Mind meaning the citta. The citta is like a microcosm of the mahatattva, in which the, the, the Godhead is reflected in the world. Um, 
and we ourselves as units of consciousness are different from the jitta, the mind stuff, if you will. Um, but while we differ there, that mind is and consciousness are different substances, one being matter, the other being, let's say, spirit. Mind and body or psychic and physical matter are both matter. So, if there's a psychic matter and a physical matter, then how mind influences matter, it's, uh, the problem is eased a little bit, save and except for the fact that people don't know how, or we don't, we can say you don't know how, you can posit this idea that there's mind and matter and there are different properties of matter, there's a psychic matter and a, and a physical matter, that's called property dualism. Mm-hmm. So we would be property dualists. <laughs> In that respect, we think that there's matter, different types of matter, with different properties, mental matter and physical matter. Um, so we're, and then we're dualists from another point of view because we, we say that consciousness is a different ontological substance than matter. So they were substance dualists. We're property dualists, we're substance dualists, we're non-dualists, as I explained, and we're panpsychists. <laughs> because we, panpsychism is, is gaining some popularity now. That's, of course, the idea that consciousness is, 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 is everywhere, all the way down, as they say. It's not just in the human brain. So, um, so at any rate, um, sometimes in our own language, then um, the scriptures will talk about an aspect of reality or reality from a bade point of view or from an abade point of view. Let's take, you're talking about the material world, hmm? and there you're citing a, an instance where Jiva Goswami says that the, the Godhead experiences the world through the, through the jivas, right? So let me turn it the other way for you. In in the uh, in the part of Yom, in Lila, in the, the spiritual dimension, in the, in the subjective meditative world, right, the real world, <laughs> the enduring world, therein, in Krishna Lila, in Raga Bhakti, we say that the jiva inherently has will. It's a unit of will. But when it associates with matter, it becomes, to some extent, like that which it identifies with. While never really changing, it is what it is, but it is of a nature, as I often say, that lends itself to nurture. So if it's nurtured by the Maya Shakti, or mal-nurtured, so to speak, by the Maya Shakti, then it becomes more inert-like, in that its ability to choose, exercise free will, becomes more and more covered. More Therefore the Gita says, prakriti-kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasa, ahankara vimuratma karta hamati manyate. 
living being thinks himself to be the doer of things that are actually done by the modes of nature, by the gunas. Hmm. Um, and as we become identified with matter and habits form, then um, the, uh, the ability to choose otherwise hmm, and exercise free will becomes um, more limited. Hmm association with matter which has no will. It's inert. Conversely, heading back to the spiritual world, if we associate with bhakti, the sarup shakti, the internal energy of Krishna, then it is, it's free, like him, independent. And, and it facilitates, it's more like us because it's consciousness and we are consciousness. So it facilitates us being all that we can be much more than, than matter does. So we get a spiritual personality with spiritual differences, likes and dislikes, all within what's called the, the, the parameters, if you will, of the Sarup Shakti that's all centered on pleasing Krishna senses. Right? So you have good association through Gaudiya Vaishnavism, let's say, and you, you, you develop by the force of association and you respond to that with your will to become a handmaiden of, of Radha in Leela. Hmm? But every handmaiden is different there. Hmm? So, um, But everything that every handmaiden does, every desire that they have, is all pleasing to Krishna. So this I'm speaking about from an abed point of view, or excuse me, abed point of view. So there's the jiva, there's Bhagwan, the jiva's influenced by the sarup shakti, and it's being all that it can be. There is variegatedness in the spiritual world. There are many different types of devotees within the different types. Each one is individual, and they have desires, but all the desires pleasing to Krishna. It's the nature of the influence of the Surup Shakti. Hmm? That's the way we generally talk about it. The Vedanta Sutra speaks about it in the fourth Adhyaya, the last chapter, which is about the prayojan, the goal, hmm? from an Abed point of view. When it says, for example, that, that Bhagawan plays himself out, experiences himself out, through so many liberated jivas. So they're, now they appear to be just like doing what he wants. And, and he's just playing himself. His, many, his, his position as Rasaraj, tasting, he's tasting through many arms and many, many senses and bodies and experiencing everything he wants. So that's the, not as a, it's interesting, it's not as attractive as, in one sense as the Abed point of view, but both things are true. Hmm? We are, but one of the Shaktis of Krishna. Hmm? You understand? So what you're talking about is, is the same thing being played out in the material world that Vishnu, Mahavishnu, expands as many hmm, in the form of the Tathasta Jiva and and Therefore, he has now many eyes, many ears, many mouths, and 
you can paint a picture like this, that he is experiencing the world through the many individual jivas. Hmm. We, we can talk about that from, an, from a bade point of view as well, which we more usually, more readily do, but that's the idea. From, again, from an abade point of view, there is only Krishna. So, hmm. But his, he has different shaktis, and some of them are very interesting, <laughs> in that they're alive, cognizant. Uh, they're, 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 in our case, we're miniatures, so to speak, of the paramatma, hmm. units of will. Hmm. It's small, anu, satchitananda, anu, very small. Hmm. Um, like so many sparks from the fire. Hmm. The example only goes so far because the fire is not cognizant. You can't say the fire is experiencing itself you know, through, the, through the sparks, but the sparks are the fire. You can experience the fire through the sparks to some extent if you get touched by them. Hmm. So it goes the other way around as well. And Krishna's playing himself out in so many ways. Uh, sometimes we answer the quandary that arises as to the suffering of the jivas and who's to blame. Hmm? Is God to blame that there's suffering in the world? So you can answer it from a bade point of view or an abade point of view. From the bade point of view, the difference point of view, the Bhagavad Gita, for example, the Bhagavatam, um, it's addressed in the fifth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. It said that Krishna is not responsible for the suffering of the jivas. They have will, they exercise it accordingly, and so they're responsible. Mm-hmm. We talk about it from a abed point of view. That's from the bade point of view. The abed point of view, we answer, who's to blame? You want to know who's to blame? There is nobody to blame. There's only Krishna. Who's he going to blame? We are Krishna. We are God. Hmm? Of course, we go on and we qualify that. God's, God is, and that's how he is. You're not seeing it like that, so it's a problem. If you can see it like and here's a method for seeing it like that, then the problem will end. So it's perspective. Hmm? It's a metaphysical answer to a metaphysical question that people want less than a metaphysical answer to <laughs> for because they're hurting mm-hmm. or they're 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 sometimes complaining about the fact that people are hurting they don't really want to do much about it <laughs> but um, so it's an, it's a, it's nice to to go sometimes to the obeyed perspective mm-hmm. it's very peaceful God is doing what he does. It's not why. It's not a question, it's not a question of why. It's just a question of how. How, how, we, how. how it all works. Like with regard to our lives, we know that, that we are, we know that we're cognizant and we perceive readily that other things are not. That we interact with them. Let's call it whatever you want. We call it the Maya Shakti and the Jiva Shakti. But we know these this is our experience. Hmm. And with a little thoughtfulness, we know that 
attaching ourselves to things that don't endure causes problems, or wanting things that are here today and gone tomorrow is, is a problem. We have to work, we have to struggle to get them, and we have to struggle to keep them, and so forth. These are very simple facts of our everyday experience. So what to do about that, then? Hmm. How to end the suffering, and, and uh, there's, so there's some practical teaching how to, how to do that, how to end suffering, and it comes from outside of ourselves. So, in one sense, what I'm saying is we deal with what we know is, and we don't have to ask why it is. It's like saying, why is there God? Why is there reality instead of non-reality? That's not a very useful question. (laughs) (laughs) How things are and then what to do about it. That's... That's a better line of reasoning. So, in one sense, everything is everything is Krishna. We are also Krishna. We're one of the Shaktis. Krishna exists. That's why I say Krishna exists along with the Shaktis. And we say, well, uh, why did God create a world in which there's suffering? We say he didn't create anything. Hmm. Everything's already there. So, and then how he deals with it is, is the concern. Not why he creates a world of suffering, but how he deals with what there is. There's Maya Shakti. Should he ignore her? No, he deals with her. Hmm? And by deferring to her, which is called justice, in terms of her being exploited by ourselves for purposes conceived by ourselves that have nothing to do with, with the Godhead. Hmm? In the world of our small mind, we, so we abuse nature in this way. So she has a right to respond. He observes that. He honors that. And at the same time, he's merciful. So he overrides that. So then we say, well, if he's overriding that, then how does he, you know, how does he allow it to happen? He stands back. He allows it to happen. His devotees are extensions of himself through through whom he overrides it. He's not uh, partial in giving his mercy as he gives the power to his devotees who love him and then they distribute it as whoever they, wherever they can. Mm-hmm. So he's both just. How does he deal with the problem? Mm-hmm. He's both just and he's merciful at the same time, as he should be. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we see ourselves as individual agents of, of will, so if that's what we are then how can we expect that there will not be uh, suffering in other words how can if you are if you are an agent of will and that you, you want to assert that and you believe that then you have to accept that there there, there are going to be wrong choices that you make <laughs> otherwise there's no meaning to it being an agent of, of, of will so if God has an aspect of himself that's our self, that are units of, of will, then we say, well, why are we suffering? It's like saying, God, why didn't you make a square circle? You want one thing and you acknowledge that you are one thing, but then you, you, you don't embrace or acknowledge the consequences of that that are inevitable. Hmm? 
And it's really not whether you want it. That's what you are. That's that's your experience. My experience is that I have will, and, um, and the scriptures confirm we are and we have agency. It's it's minute, but we do make uh, choices, and we and they're not all wise. And if we were wise to always make the right decision, it's kind of like then where's the freedom? Freedom, freedom to do something wrong. Now you know there are Krishna's associates. That's another thing. That's a different type of entity, similar but different. Subal, Yashoda, Nanda—they're different. That's why, if you, I've given the example before, if you study Chandravali, Radharani's chief competitor, you think, how, how could she be like that? Why doesn't she get uptight? You know, she's an aspect. Of Radha, in a sense, we're thinking of, she has to be a human, a whole person with all you know. Boy, she's human-like, but she's an aspect of Radharani's love, a particular aspect. So they're different. <laughs> These sarup shakti that I got because we can follow them. In other words, well, they don't suffer, right? Why can't we all be like them? All we know is we're not like them. That's <laughs> again. Why can't we? Why don't we just look at how we are? And again, God didn't make anything. God is what God is, and these are constituents of the Godhead from that panentheistic point of view. Vedanta is very much uh, a a philosophy that reasons about experience. They are the oldest books, so <laughs> so that's thought. So anyway, experience and then sharing of that. It's very much grounded in um, in experience and in, in observation. Very kind of astute observation, introspection observation and simple points are then drawn and and there are huge points I mean they're, they're simple the biggest points are are the ones we already know but we, we think they're too they're simple like you know to give is to receive or to be selfish is unbecoming we know that hmm. Is here today and gone tomorrow. You know, these we have these phrases and we invoke them. We, we, yeah, we know, but then we don't act like it. I think it was Einstein that was once asked how he well, became so intelligent. He said, "I never stopped asking the simple questions. I never stopped being a child." I think in asking questions that, like, at a certain point, your father says, "Don't ask that." You know. Why is that? You know, but don't ask that. You never give up asking those questions. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. So if you if you hear a simple truth and then you can make it part of your life, hmm, then you become wise. But so many simple truths we hear over and over again. We repeat them even. We we agree when they're spoken, but we 
We can't act according to them. And we want, we just want more information, more to think about. Some very simple truths, if they're put in place and acted upon, will transform your life for the in a, for the uh, in a positive way, overwhelmingly. A lot of the um, stories in the Bhagavatam and so forth, they're actually, people study them and read them and hear the details and so forth. They're making, some of them making very simple, basic po- points. I don't mean to make it sound like it's like a dumb book or something like that, but people are dumb. <laughs> and reality, in one sense, it's, it's, it's not so much, so much guesswork. A lot of guesswork comes from trying to get away from the simple answers and the difficulty that there is in applying ourselves in relation to them, which requires a change of character and of heart and so forth, more than just an intellectual or mental adjustment. Again, so, so they're, they're universal truths to give us to receive. Who, who lives like that? Everybody's trying to get it's raging, you know, on the television, the internet, everywhere. You know, all politics about how we can get more to people. People need more. People. It's all about uh, how much we can get. So, you know, you make a statement like one president made a statement about what you can do for your, your country, could do for you, what you can do for your country. And everybody goes, yes, everybody agrees, it's a noble idea. And, and so forth, but to put that in practice fully, I mean, that's what Krishna consciousness is very simple, but it's hard to do. Probably just say something like simple for the simple and difficult for the crooked or something like that. It's the word a little crooked. There's this English saying that, oh, what a web we weave when at first we choose to deceive. So that's true. Our life is a, is, is a lie, so to speak, materially speaking. So, yeah, they're very simple, very... It's not like book knowledge, it's everywhere. The world's telling us. So to take those points, when we have books, to try to play them out, explain them, tell them through stories, philosophically explain them, and so on. We think we have to learn these verses and points and, and words, and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that you can embrace some very simple truths that will just so radically transform your life. Mm-hmm. So, that help? No. What else? Another question? Yes, Marley. What? How would you describe the fine Leela um, Namsmarnam as advised by Srila Sivaswamy? Namsmarnam. Well, smarnam means uh, in our um, world it means meditation, and there are different forms of and degrees of smarnam. So you have kind of a simple smarnam, and then you have smarnam that uh, that involves withdrawing a conscious effort to withdraw the uh, our uh, um, focus, if you will, from objects of the senses to uh, inner contemplation. So that's called pratyahara. Pratyahara. Hmm. And then dharna, hmm. concentration, dhyan, 
Durana Smriti, Samadhi, I think Jiva Goswami has five terms, They're similar to Patanjali's um, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyan, Samadhi, but he, has, he adds this, I think, Durana Smriti. So, different stages of, of meditation and different types also. Hmm. So, you're asking about a particular type. Namsmarnam. Nam means name. Guna is another type. Guna means quality. So, Gunasmarnam. Leelasmarnam. So, it means meditation on the leelas, meditation on the qualities of Krishna, meditation on the names of Krishna. Hmm. And um, because the, 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 the qualities of Krishna... The leaders of Krishna, the form of Krishna, the rupsmarnam, uh, um, are all within the name. There's considerable emphasis on the name. The name is somewhat different from the qualities, the uh, leelas, the form of Krishna, even though they are both, or all of them, one with Krishna. Krishna's name is one with Krishna. Krishna's form is one with Krishna. Krishna's qualities or one of Krishna's leelas. But with regard to the name, there's also said to be a difference. The difference between the name and the named is that the name is more 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 generous. So in the form of the name, he's very generous. In in our practical material experience, we also find that the name is, in a sense, more generous. We can become acquainted with a person through their name. If we hear their name, we can find out all about them. And we can find out, uh, about, we hear about some celebrity, we look them up, we can, then we can meditate on their, their qualities, we can fashion ourselves like them, as, as people do sometimes, and so on and so forth, and be tuned into their the, the newsreels about them and so forth. Um, so, uh, therefore, some emphasis at any rate has been put on the name with regard to spiritual practice, especially in Kali Yuga. So, Chaitanya um, Mahaprabhu was teaching in one sense is a nam dharma, hmm? dharma of the name. So, so kirtan is a form in which we invoke the name. And kirtan requires no qualification because we can participate. Well, shravanam, I could say you can hear, even if someone else is chanting, and you can chant without uh, any qualification, even even in a, in, a, in, a, in a way to mimic and so forth. There are examples like this in the scriptures. And there would be some effect. So, very generous. When you come to smarnam or meditation, there's a difference in that some greater eligibility is required, and it's just very common sense. You can go and sing a song, but to to focus your mind is another thing. So the prerequisite, if you will, to effectively meditate is the cleansing of the heart. Because obviously if there are other des- desires, then 
your mind will be distracted. That's why sometimes devotees ask me how to concentrate while chanting. I say, well, give your heart. Hmm? So if you give your heart, your mind will go there. Hmm? But I can't give my heart because my heart's full of other things, neon signs in there and so forth. Have other people have set up shop in my heart and they're attracting my attention. I said, Krishna Nam goes in and sets up shop as a sweeper, sells brooms. Hmm? amidst you know, the multinational corporations that have got flashing signs inside the heart. How will he prevail? Hmm? He's got a magic broom. He sweeps the heart, the floor. Just some sparkle comes from the Atma that puts out the lights of all the multinational corporations representing material desire. Just a little bit, it's just a little bit of the Atman drowns them out. Hmm? Makes them look like stars in relation to the moon, the full moon at night. Hmm? Stars can only make a show if the moon doesn't show. Hmm? So this is his way, but I mean it takes a little time, so it's, as the heart becomes cleansed, we can we can give the heart, and we should try. Hmm? Um, and, and so to meditate effectively, to sit, well, then the heart has to be cleansed. So therefore, Mahabhu's teaching about chanting begins with Nam Sankirtan. It ends with it too, but the first stage of the Nam Sankirtan is the cleansing of the heart. And um, with that comes the greater ability to meditate. So with by the power of chanting, smarnam and qualification for that, will arise. Hmm. So, we do namsmarnam. Hmm. We do kirtan and we do namsmarnam. Hmm. Generally, we introduce people, they chant, they come to the kirtan, they participate, and then if they become very interested and they learn the teachings and they develop some faith, and so then the guru will give the beads and give them the opportunity to do namsmarnam. So namsmarnam is the japa. Japa is a limb, an anga, a limb of smarnam. Hmm? So when we do kirtan and we do smarnam with the japa bead of, of Krishna nam. Hmm? And from namsmarnam comes gunasmarnam, rupasmarnam, guna, lila. As the name unfolds, or based on your understanding of the scriptural argument and the nature of bhakti and so on and so forth, have you learned from your guru, then you can incorporate some form of rupa, smarnam, gunasmarnam, smarnam in the context of doing namsmarnam. In other words, it's another way of kind of harnessing the mind. The mind likes to move, so you can chant, and when it starts to find him, instead of letting it move here, there, and everywhere, let it move towards the qualities of Krishna relative to the the ideal, let's say, of the guru in, in Madhuriyaras or Sakiras. Different qualities of Krishna will manifest, or the form of Krishna. Hmm? So the, the, the parents will like of Krishna will like a certain form. The, the, the friends a certain form, the lovers a certain form. Hmm? 
and leelas as well. So one can become familiar with those through studying the books and so forth, and they'll be on the mind. Hmm? It's not the same as really meditating, having them arise in meditation, in the context of chanting, coming out of the name, getting into the name, and finding all these things in a revealed sense. Hmm? Revealing them, but you can know them theoretically, and that's also a form of smarnam, a beginning form of smarnam. You understand? Like Leela Smarnam. Well, you can begin by reciting the Leelas, knowing, learning them, thinking about them. So that's, uh, yeah, so something about Nam Smarnam. It's Japa of Hare Krishna Mantra for us. This is our Nam Smarnam. Follow? What else? I was wondering about the, you know, there's six symptoms of love between the devotees, and one of them is um, the Bhumyam Akya Shakti. I wonder if you could explain a little bit about that, what it is exactly and what it's not. And, and um, Revealing one's heart in confidence, Guyam means secret. Guyam Akya so revealing one's heart in confidence is said to be a sign or a, a way in which devotees express love for one another. Hmm? Right? Yeah, there are different ways to think about that. Um, but I think that the main idea there is that um, they share realizations that they have before it's set in confidence hmm, with others with their guru in particular, perhaps with peers, hmm? perhaps with those who are um, less advanced by the way of instructing them in different ways. But generally the idea is that you will have... I guess you could look at it. I'm thinking secret, revealing them, realizations, experience, and confidence is not something you just just put out for the public and and so forth. Um, so it refers to spiritual insights, experience one may have gained. Perhaps there's another way to look at it. Hmm. And you can say that you can reveal your secrets that you don't really want anybody to know. Your skeletons in your in your closet are sitting around, as I sometimes say, in the song at night, and everybody speaks about how they their shortcomings for the day. Hmm? Well, my mind went here, and I followed it, and I did this. And you're either going to stop coming to those meetings real real fast, or you're going to change. <laughs> It's going to be pretty. It's like an Alcoholics Anonymous or Twelve Steps, you know, of uh, revealing your secrets, your inner demons. I, I don't think it was written about in that way. I don't think that's Rupa Goswami's intention, but I, but you could, you know, apply it in that way. But I wouldn't apply it by just like dumping on somebody, you know, 
venting, you know, real it's not a sign of love <laughs> between two people. Uh, sometimes you can be there, you know, allow somebody to vent. Um, but you know, mostly it's it's really about we're involved in something, sadhakas, we're seriously involved, and something's coming, and so there's something to talk about and insight. You know, you could extend it. I read something; it really inspired me. It was like this. Let me share it with you. Hmm? I think in the fullest sense of the term. So there's maybe a scale, hmm? but in the fullest sense of the term, it's the, the, the disciple will reveal to the guru his or her inner experience, and the guru will confirm or not that experience. And if upon, if conf, con, confirming that, then give further instructions for progressing um, along the lines of the culture development of spiritual emotion or the guru sharing his or her inner experience with the disciple. Um, so I think that would be the fullest expression of the idea. But there's a spectrum, say, that in which we could apply that. But we try to keep it in the realm of we should be sadhakas, so that we should be preoccupied with Krishna consciousness in one form or another and beginning insights, at least from reading and hearing. Everybody's walking around here with these, you know, listening to these tapes of some guy talking. So you get something, and then I thought I heard this on the tape, and it was, this is incredible, this thought, and in this way, hmm. sharing something like that. Does that help? Revealing your heart. But it says, in confidence, so it's, it tends to speak more about higher higher side, like I said, which is not not for not for everybody. They will misunderstand. Hmm. You know, you can say, talk to Gurudev, like one of Prabhupada's disciples. I've told the story many times. That Prabhupada, when I chant, a blue light comes and surrounds me, and Prabhupada said, "Keep chanting; it'll go away." <laughs> So he could have reported something else, and, and, and we hear that sometimes. Hmm? We see that in Prabhupada's conversations. He says, oh, that's good. Hmm? What if you, one devotee said to Prabhupada, one of my brothers, Prabhupada, what if you feel like you'd like to be a friend of Krishna? Hmm? But you're thinking you don't know, and maybe you're just a rock or a stone, and so you should put that thought out of your mind. And Prabhupada said, no, <laughs> that's good. It's coming. Hmm? It will come like that. Then it, has, then it should be cultured. Hmm? So. That's what the guru is there for. And, then we, uh, and when we really attach some imaginary idea and he kind of rains on that, then we have to let it dissipate like a cloud and go away, not hang on to it. And what, something that's our own imagination or... Mental conjecture. I'm sorry, yes, your question. Did Suresh uh, Maharaj ever reveal anything more than the fact that he was put in Uttamaji's camp or advocated 
Did they ever say any final to Govinda Maharaj or something like no. Well, we know we know about Keshav Maharaj from Keshav Maharaj's disciples, not from uh, not from anything that Keshav Maharaj said in any any detail. In the very stories they tell about how they came to the conclusions they came to, he doesn't say anything. If he said, they would have added that. So he's asking about the person of Keshav Maharaj. Who's that? Oh, he's back. Who's picking him up? Sanatan. Oh, Sanatan. Yeah. Okay. What else? I was thinking, I can't remember what they all are, but uh, that one seems like different from the others because the other ones you can cultivate and do even if you don't feel it, like you can give gifts and give prasadam to serve a devotee, you know, to try and cultivate love with the devotee. But that one seems to stand out because it's, you know, you don't reveal your heart to someone who maybe you don't, you know, you're not that. Therefore, you're doing it, yeah, therefore in confidence, and, but it is, nonetheless, that is what you do with people that you love. Hmm? People who you have love for, people who, you, who know you, who you feel confidence in, then you, then you reveal things that you don't reveal to others. Hmm. Only with people who you love you can be yourself. That is the meaning of Swayam Bhagavan. Krishna is trying to be himself. Hmm. But he can only be around people who... who and there's a saying, every adult is really a child if you get to know them. <laughs> so it is with Krishna. <laughs> Nobody wants to grow up. And for good reason, we're eternal. Surely before Prabhupada's passing, he said, we're all young, young boys. I'm not dying. So what are that we go through Bhumta Dadati Patuginati Bojai Techaiva Gujamakati Pachiti Sadvitim Pati Lakshana so Tadati so giving gifts like uh Vijay uh, brought me some dates hmm. just as we were about to plant date palms yes. <laughs> scheduled for Monday, but I don't know if it'll happen there. Eight palms from India. Uh, so dates, he brought some dates and other things. He brought gifts. So Gadati and so accept, giving gifts, accepting gifts between devotees. This is the way in which devotees express love for one another. Dadati Patakunati, um Pachati, so sharing um, one's secrets, one's heart and confidence. Hmm. Um, so giving prasadam, accepting prasadam. Hmm? That's two, four, six. What? Giving gifts, accepting gifts. Giving prasad, accepting prasad. And asking confidence back. Yeah, so six. Upadesha.
Amrita. Welcome back. How was your trip? You made it, huh? Good to have you. Okay, what's the time? 10.30. All right, we'll stop there. Shishitaji Gopal ki jai. Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai. Gaur Bhaktavinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Jai. Jai. Jai.